Do you sometimes feel that your relationship is stuck or even going in a downward spiral? Or if you're single, do you really struggle to find somebody that you can be happy with? If so, today we're going to be talking about skills for creating fulfilling relationships. And if you want to find out more about creating great relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com where we have lots of free resources and our online course, The Relationship Maze. Well, today, today we're going to be talking about what kind of skills are required to develop a, a good, a strong, a healthy, and mature relationship. And um, well, let's start first of all with Tom. What do you think? I mean, what do people usually tell you when they are when they're wanting to develop a good relationship? What are they talking about? What what do people consider to be a good relationship? What are they looking for? Yeah, well, and I think, and as as you find from years and years of working with individuals and with couples who are struggling in their relationships, uh, you know, a lot of people really want what they call a fulfilling relationship. They want to have a connection with somebody. Mm. They want to feel love. They, mm. you know, sometimes it's about not being on their own. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They want to be understood. You know, that's sort of something that I hear quite a lot. Yeah. So they want their partner to really get them, to know where they are, where they're coming from, why they're responding the way that they do. And I think they also want to be supported. That's something that I hear quite frequently. Somebody, I want a partner who's there for me, who can support me when, I, when I'm going through difficult times. Yeah, and as you say, very often it is also, people don't say, well, I want to be lonely, of course, uh, but ultimately that's often the driver as well for relationships, that people want companionship. They don't want to be on their own. And of course they don't want to be on their own because we are, as human beings, we're hardwired for being in connection, for wanting relationships, for wanting connection with other people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the challenges is, um, you know, certainly having worked with people for years and years, and as mm -hmm. yourself, having worked with individuals and couples for, for many years as a therapist, I find it very rare that somebody comes to me and says, yeah, I'm coming to you because I want to have a more fulfilling relationship. No. Or I want to have like, uh, I want to be happier in my relationship. It's more, you know, usually things like, you know, oh, I can't cope with this now. My relationship's just awful. My mm. you know, partner doesn't understand me or, you know, it's, it's just so stressful. Yeah, absolutely. It's usually very problem driven, isn't it? Yeah. And it's this sort of terrible realization, well, it's not a Disney love story anymore this relationship but things are going wrong people are really frustrated so by the time absolutely by the time that we often hear about relationships in our work it's when relationships hit trouble and they get into conflict and their difficulties and of course that can take many forms you know some particularly with couples therapy there are people I see in couples therapy are at very usually at a stage of distress um, because, you know, for quite some time, usually not just for a month or two, there have been difficulties and there's been conflict in the relationship. And the level of distress can really vary sort of on a scale from one till ten. Um, sometimes, usually I would say, um, if zero is no stress or very little distress, most people come when they're sort of at a five and sometimes they come at a, at a scale of nine where really they're, they're absolutely overwhelmed and, they are, they're falling to pieces because it's nothing is more troubling than than feeling really distressed in your relationship and feeling so desperately unhappy with your partners. It's just an awful thing. So so really, um, as you say, most of the time we don't see uh, people in our therapy, our couples in our uh, in our therapy sessions, 
uh, when actually they should be coming to us, which is at a much, much earlier stage uh, of their relationship. Yeah, and, and I think this is the problem is that, you know, a lot of the time when we realize that our relationship isn't working, it's almost to that level, you know, when you're at that eight or nine, when it, it's almost that it's too late. Yeah. We're not saying that it is too late mm. because, you know, we can turn things back a lot of the time, mm. but it can be much more challenging because, you know, ultimately trying to deal with something when it's really broken, mm. you know, it's like when, you, when you've got um, something you really value, like your car or kind of, you know, or so, like a piece of china or something which basically it's smashed and smashed again and mm. got to the stage where it, it's so broken that it's mm. very difficult to fix yeah. it's better to deal with it sooner yeah. So basically, you know, when maybe at the beginning, you know, some people do have marriage advice at the beginning of a marriage, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that can be helpful in terms of understanding some of the things that you might face, some of the challenges and how to deal with them. Absolutely. But even before that, you know, that's really the best time. Is it even before you get into a relationship? You know, these are things to think about because how we select a partner in the first place is dependent upon our experience in the past and you know, our, our experience of relationships in the past. And we often unconsciously select people based on things that may not actually best suited for what we want in a fulfilling relationship. Absolutely. So we wouldn't have a clue really where to start a lot of the time because that's not something that we're taught at school, is it? We Nobody tells us this is how you go about selecting a partner who is the you know a good partner for you, an appropriate partner for you. So we don't usually have any kind of understanding or insight into our motivations, as you say, or into a person who would actually be good for you. We, we just choose um, driven by unconscious wishes and desires. So, but before we before we continue, I just wanted to emphasize, just to be really clear, that um, we absolutely would advise that you start as early as possible to look into your partner choice. But if if you are already in a relationship, then there is work that can be done. But the emphasis is on work, really, that it requires some input, um, attention to the relationship to kind of uh, get it back on track. It's possible, but it just requires effort. So back to well, actually, just the add one stages. little thing. Yeah, so just add one little thing, like yeah. what you said. It's like we don't learn in school these things, no. and that would be the time we really should. And yeah. you mentioned you know, we don't learn what might be good for you, but I also think it's important to add we don't learn how you can be good for another partner because yeah. it's about what you put into it as well. And Absolutely. you know, a lot of the time we think, well, we need somebody who fulfills our needs, but we have to really think. You know, we it's, it's a two-way thing, so we do need to think about both sides. Yeah, because I think we often think about relationships sort of as monolithic <clears throat> structures where you know the prince arrives sorry I'm losing my voice again <clears throat> this always happens in these sessions so where the prince arrives on a horse uh, prince for me princess whoever prince you know wh- whoever it is who arrives for you prince or princess on a horse um, and then you know they're there and everything is hunkadori and that's the end of the relationship the end of the story so things are just great that's but in reality, really, that's only the beginning, isn't it? That's when it starts, uh, and it's not fixed. Your relationship grows, develops, etc., over the years. And we want to make sure that you're on the right track. So we've been thinking about sort of what the the skills that we think are really vital to developing a, a good and strong and healthy relationship. And the first one that we thought of was inside self-awareness. Yeah, so having a sense of who you are is really crucial. And why does it matter? 
Yeah, well, basically, you know, like our, our, our selections of what we want another person is largely based on what we know about ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, essentially, you know, we might find you have a passion of getting into relationships really quickly with people. Like mm-hmm. if you often, if you don't like being on your own, you may mm-hmm. go on dates and end up going out with somebody just because they like you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't take time to think actually what really is important for us in a relationship or what, what, what are the important qualities of relationships. Mm-hmm. So you end up getting involved with people where, you know, it could be a toxic relationship for example absolutely yeah because we have taken in certain messages when we were growing up I mean I'm, we were very, both very strong believers that you know your relationships or the way that you interact in your relationships is influenced by how you were growing up because obviously with your uh, with your parents or your primary caregivers they were the, they were the first people who who modeled relationships for you and they also told you what relationships are all about so you learn whether you like it or not you take in a lot of messages from your parents about relationships so if you and we do it we have a whole catalog of messages that we've got in store and that we kind of regularly pull out we open up the drawers and we kind of apply that to the to people in our life so if we're not aware of what's in the cupboard what's in the drawers we're going to keep doing that again and again and again even if it doesn't serve us very well so self-awareness is very much about also paying attention to what is it that I'm continuously doing here and why am I doing it? What what are the reasons here? Why am I behaving in this particular way? What are my relationship patterns? That's really important. Yeah, and also what are your triggers? So, you know, in a relationship, if you get wound up by certain things by your partner and you keep flowing into a flying into a fit of rage or mm-hmm. you keep getting upset, you know, sometimes those things aren't specifically your partner trying to make you kind of really angry or trying to upset you, but they're things that you pick up on and you interpret in a certain way based on your past experience mm-hmm. that makes you upset. And as a result, we respond in a certain way which could damage our relationship. And sometimes the partner has no clue why we're reacting in that way because mm-hmm. their intention was totally different. Absolutely. You know, they might say something that they think was caring or they think was trying to kind of find some sort of understanding about what's going on for you. And we take that as an aggressive word or aggressive phrase and we respond in a completely different way. Yeah. Um, so basically understanding that you know, our reactions are based on our own knowledge of the world, our own experience. Yeah. And it's a particular lens through which we view the world, and this lens can be tweaked and can be turned, so we can we can choose to see things differently as well. And there are lots of different ways of approaching that and kind of checking is this the is this the best lens I can apply really? Is there a different perspective that I can develop here, which helps me uh, in a better way, and that also helps the other person in a better way, and that helps us as a couple in a better way. That's part of the the work that we do as well. Yeah, just take a little example. It's, you know, for example, if your partner comes home one day and they don't normally buy you flowers and they come back with a big bunch of flowers <laughs> and, you know, you could react in different ways. You could mm-hmm. react thinking, oh, that's so lovely. I love you so much. Or we could react in terms of thinking like, what, what have you done? Yeah. <laughs> You've yeah. been up to something, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a, that's a really good example. So we, there, there's always all, there are always choices that we make, ultimately. There are always choices in terms of our reactions and our responses to particular situations and and to our partner. So insight is absolutely crucial. So the first part really of any successful relationship is to get to know yourself, to really know who you are as a person, what drives you, what motivates you, what makes you think, what makes you feel. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, and so and, and um, actually, it, just, it did remind me of one story. Just a little yeah, while ago, quick story. So I remember years and years ago, I, I used to have a professional string quartet. So I'm I'm originally a professional violinist, and I, I remember we were booked to play for. Uh, we were, we were asked to turn up to someone's house very early in the morning to perform for somebody's uh, wife when she got up because it was her birthday. We thought <laughs> how romantic. But then when we got there and started playing, we realised it was because uh, the person who booked us must have done something and he was really trying to compensate for the something he'd done. It was and in the doghouse, His wife right? came down and really yeah. wasn't happy at all. <laughs> so did you like the music? <laughs> it was a little bit tense, actually. Yeah, that was the funny thing. I yeah. can imagine. Yeah. Exactly. Good. <clears throat> so we talked about inside and... And another really uh, important aspect is to uh, a competency is um, is about regulation, sort of emotional regulation. So it's kind of part of, part of knowing your own feelings and how to kind of manage your feelings, even if they're difficult. So, for example, how to manage your anger, how to manage your rage, because sometimes your partner might trigger something in you, a particular response that really makes you flare up uh, and you have a really you feel really hurt you feel really overwhelmed etc and again if you don't really know where that's coming from then you can't really regulate it you can't go you can't calm yourself because you can't understand why this is happening you just have a response and you can't modulate it and regulate it and the same is true also for co-regulation so if you know if you also you know if you know yourself really well that you can also it cannot, and we talk about this in a later stage in one of the stages of our model, um, you can then also help regulate each other's emotions a little bit more if you know where you're coming from. Yeah, absolutely, because that, you know we, we need to be able to make sure we don't fly into a fit of rage or we don't respond over the top. And, you know, and, and sometimes in families when we're growing up, you know, I've, I've worked with people and I know people who their families are, do get very emotional and do mm. shout at each other a lot. And, and, and somehow it works in that relationship in a strange way. Mm. It really wouldn't have worked in my family's relationship where mm. my mother might have shouted and my dad would just retreat into a room, be very upset. Mm. Um, there are some cultures who are more like emotionally expressive like I know yes, many Italians true. that I've worked with who yeah. do seem to kind of shout and don't realize that sure. you know in a, in another situation some people find that uh, quite oppressive yeah. or quite hostile no absolutely that's true. yeah and I mean equally if there's no emotional expression that's uh, uh, difficult as well isn't it yeah. yeah but we have to understand what's going on ourselves so that we can regulate regulate it as appropriate for our partner because if we want to communicate in the best way if we're too emotional Mm. And we're not, in, and that's influencing how we're talking. That could be a problem because mm. a lot of the time, you know, it, we get into a state of anger, we get into a state of distress or upset, and as a result, we say things that we wouldn't normally say, which can be damaging. Okay. And it's because of the emotion. The emotion affects how we think, and how we think affects our emotions. Mm. So we need to be aware of what we're saying to ourselves. Uh, we need to be able to kind of think, actually, is this true? Can we change what we're saying to ourselves, and can that have an effect on what we're feeling? Absolutely. Can we change how we feel through our breathing, through body exercises, to ha so that we can then have an impact on how we're thinking? Yeah, so we can kind of regulate <clears throat> up or down, whichever is required in the relationship. Yeah. Good, yeah. So what else? Is, uh, we talked about uh, self-awareness as the first step, so that's really important, having insight into yourself and who you are as a person. Well, then the second uh, skill that you require for a successful relationship is to know what's happening at the other end, yeah? to yeah. understand your partner, to get some sense of what's going on for them, to have some empathy for your partner. 
Yeah, and empathy is, is so important because we know the world according to how we've experienced it. Mm. Um, so it's like, you know, if you, go, if you go into a restaurant and you get given a menu, you know, I, when you look at the menu, that menu and the items on there, it's not what you're going to get given. Yeah. So you might see something and think, oh, that sounds really amazing. You picture it in your mind and then the plate comes along and you think, that's a mistake. That can't be for me because <laughs> it's not what I pictured. Because mm. in your experience, you picture things based on what you've had before. Mm. And it's the same in relationships in terms of other people. We think, well, I respond this way, so surely they would as well. Yes. And it's just not the case. And there is that old expression, which is to know somebody, you have to walk a mile in their moccasins or in their shoes. Uh, so basically, we really need to step into what it would be like for that other person. Mm-hmm. And if we want to build a good relationship, this is you know, crucial. We have the more we can understand our partner and the more we're curious about our partner. I think that's a key thing is mm-hmm. curiosity. Mm-hmm. So not not assuming how they think, but actually being curious that this is like someone who has a completely different experience to me. Yeah. And, you know, how can I get to know them? What, what do I need to understand about them so I can build a really amazing relationship. Yeah, and what's really crucial here is also is to kind of move beyond your own projections, which is really hard, because in the, in the beginning of any relationship, you're in the grip of projections. You, you want your partner to be the partner, the ideal partner. You have an idea in your head, and you try to match your partner to that idea. And that often means that you overlook uh, aspects of, of your partner uh, that you might be less in favour of because you don't want to see them. So it's really kind of also getting to know what's what's my idea here and what who's the person I really have in front of me. So really getting getting to know the other person and and who they are uh, uh, separate from you and separate from your own ideas that you might have about them, which are often very 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 different. Yeah, and that's why we have in our model in the relationship mm. maze. Um, mm. Basically, that's why in the model, the first stage is knowing yourself because mm. you need to know yourself to know what you are projecting before you can really have that empathy. Yeah. Because um, empathy and understanding the other person really involves putting your own things aside as much as you can. So mm. bracketing off what you know and mm. what you think is going on for them and, and trying to step in to what really is going on for them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's not an easy thing to do, but but no. that uh, that's that's part of the work. Yeah, that's part of the work of kind of really getting or, or of building the relationship, building a stronger relationship. Yeah. So that's a sort of second part. It's about <clears throat> um, really looking at the other person, looking at your partner and looking at, you know, what is it? What is it that I see? And also, um, actually, one thing that we did forget to talk to mention uh, about the first stage, the knowing yourself, is to kind of understand your own needs. What is it that you need? Uh, what is it that makes you feel content, safe, looked after and loved in a relationship? So you do that in, as part of your self-awareness. And then in the second stage, you can then also look across and see, is this a good match? Is this person... Um, what, what what are their needs? Yeah. So what is it uh, that they require? What's happening on the other side? And then we're kind of moving on to the third stage, which is the sort of how you interact with each other, um, understanding what's going on here. How do we impact on each other in the relationship? Um, how do our separate or mutual needs uh, influence each other? So, because very often, of course, you know, you are you're different people. You have different ideas. You have different needs, and sometimes there might be a clash. So, I want to go to the cinema, and I want to see <clears throat> a romantic love story, um, and my partner might say, "Well, hang on, but I want to see an action film." 
Yeah, why would you want to go and see a romantic love story? Well, I know, actually, I don't really like seeing romantic love stories. <laughs> but there we go, it's an example. But anyway, yeah, so what do we do there? Yeah, we go see a Disney movie instead. <clears throat> there you go, that's yeah. how we sort it out. So, so you see where we're going with this. So there will always be some, you know, some, uh, some, some different ideas, different expectations. And, um, and you have to have some understanding of how you impact on each other with your different needs and wants. Yeah, and with, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, yeah. And this the problem is again, as you mentioned before, we don't learn this stuff in school. Mm. You know, we learn about history. We learn a, a, about kind of um, parallelograms. We learn about trapezius or whatever they're called. And basically, but what we could really learn about is how do you communicate with somebody else, mm. not just in relationship, but but anywhere. Mm. I mean, I don't know anybody that's really taught how to communicate, how mm. to understand how other people think. Mm. You know, these are things that are essential, how, how we negotiate, how we build better rapport. Mm. Um, and even we think about rapport as being when you meet somebody, whether maybe you kind of have some sort of way, whether you like them, whether you get on with them. But rapport is an ongoing process. Mm. You know, and when we get into difficult situations with a partner, if we disagree about something, uh, working on rapport is, is actually a really important thing. It's how you can get through that disagreement. Mm. And it's something you can learn at any age. And that's why you know, when we were developing the relationship maze, one of the key things was you know, really trying to think about some of these essential skills to help teach anybody at any stage in a relationship which can make a huge difference because you can learn to communicate better it's mm-hmm. a question of understanding how to do it we're yeah. not born with these skills no no absolutely and i think one of the most crucial skills that we also um, practice in relationship is uh, listening hmm. because we are not taught to listen properly we never listen properly to people usually we sort of listen with one ear but we don't listen with all of our full attention most of the time and and you don't have to do that all of the time but sometimes you have to to really take on board what your partner is saying yeah just like you know if somebody if you would say what's the opposite of uh, talking mm-hmm. you know a lot of people would say well being silent mm-hmm. but actually you think well actually listening yeah. what you need to do is you know if, if someone's talking really listen mm-hmm. yeah because otherwise you're not you, d- you don't really know what's going on on the other side you don't really know what your partner is feeling for example what they're thinking unless you actually pay full attention to them and most of the time we don't do that because we're busy we're preoccupied we're stressed we're angry so therefore we don't have the capacity to to really listen so so we haven't this is something that we need to develop and it's what i mentioned earlier on i talked about emotional regulation so we also have to kind of we have to learn to co-regulate so if there is distress at the other side if our partner is distressed we have to learn how to kind of contain that for our partner how to be present for them how to support them through that and that's not always easy i mean most of the time we try to find solutions quick solutions let's get the problem out of the way but oftentimes it's not actually about solutions it's about just making the time and the space the emotional space to be there for the partner and to engage with what they have to say yeah when you said you know sometimes we think let's get the problem out of the way sometimes that is like let's get a partner out of the way because that's <laughs> the problem well absolutely yeah. yes oh god you have to listen to this again yeah, and i'm just thinking you know in terms of part of this in terms of regulation it's also about being able to handle conflict which we also do in our stage four which is like some of how we actually put this into practice in the long run mm-hmm. it's also part of uh, the communication because how many times have you been in an argument with your partner mm-hmm. or an ex-partner if you're currently single and afterwards, you start to think, well, I can't really remember what we were arguing about. The argument just got more and more out of control. Yes. 
Absolutely. And so many people that I speak to, you know, they get into arguments about something that seems so small, mm. but within the space of um, 10 minutes, an hour, you know, it's, this argument's getting bigger and bigger, mm. and the actual main topic has been forgotten. Yeah, so because something gets triggered there, doesn't it? Um, so it might be, and very often, of course, couples argue about, on the face of it, they argue about something which which might be really insignificant and silly, and often they say it's silly. But underneath it, there's a whole host of different feelings and connections that are connected back to something much bigger in the past that plays out here. So again, it's really important to understand what is it that we're actually arguing about? What is this argument about? And not only about how can we resolve it, that's the next step then. Once you understand what it is that you're actually arguing about, you can address it, you can have some capacity for empathy, etc. And then you can think about some ways of uh, of managing this particular issue. So we talk in the in the fourth stage of our model, we talk very much about how you manage conflict, sort of, uh, you know, what conflict is all about, what the source of conflict is, what you have learned when you were growing up about conflict, because for a lot of people, any form of conflict needs to be avoided at all costs. It feels very scary for them to even go there. So we'll, we'll talk about that. And we talk about other issues that kind of get in the way because building a, a relationship and developing a relationship, it's not a sort of sprint, is it? Or it's not, as I say, it's not a sort of Disney fairy tale where everything is ready made uh, from the beginning. It unfolds, it develops, and it needs to be sustained. Relationships need to be sustained. They require an element of sustainability. Um, and we talk about how you can manage that, how you can kind of work through these different challenges, how you can work through issues around uh, in the arena of sex, which uh, is often uh, an area in lots of relationships where there are problems because there might be different levels of desire, for example. Uh, we talk about money. Again, that's another trigger for lots and lots of conflict in relationships. Um, we talk about uh, different expectations that you have and how you manage that. So how can you kind of work towards building, building your relationship, continuing relationship? And also, not only that, but also deepening your relationship. Because once you've kind of worked through all of this, it really creates this wonderful, lovely bond with your partner. Uh, which enables you to kind of live that kind of fairy tale that you might have wanted to live from from the outset when your prince or princess arrives. Yeah, and always remembering as well, wherever you are in your relationship journey, you can improve it. So you know, whether you're just mm. whether you're still single, whether you just started in a relationship, those are some of the best times to actually start working on this now. Yeah. So you avoid some of those pitfalls that sometimes people experience later on. Mm. So just. Starting to work as soon as you can on developing that relationship. Um, if you're, you know, if you've been in a relationship for a while and things aren't working out the way you want to, you can always improve as well. So just remember that. So that's always possible. Good. Yeah. So just to recap, in terms of what we talked about today, our four stage a model of relationships um, that we are unpacking in lots and lots more details in our course, the relationship maze. So in the first, we talk about um, knowing yourself, developing self-awareness, having insight into your own way of being. We talk about, in stage two, about knowing the other, gaining more insight into understanding of what's happening with your partner, what, what makes them tick. And then in stage three, we talk about how you communicate more effectively with each other to develop the relationship. And stage four is all about how to sustain the relationship, how to allow your relationship to mature in the long run. 
Yeah, and we cover this in huge detail with our online course on at, which you can find at the relationshipmaze.com website, where we also have free resources there as well. And please do make sure that you subscribe to this podcast because every week we cover something in quite a lot of depth, yeah. uh, which hopefully is going to help you in relationships or in, in your kind of mental health, your emotional health or even physical health. Great. So we look forward to seeing you in future. We've got loads more exciting podcasts idea for you. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye. Bye.